0: And reason. Discussing life and Jesus Church in our age. Well, I wish I could say that I coined this phrase, and I just heard it the other day. It might have been MacArthur. I'll give it so, to you. Yeah, and, <laughs> I don't want John MacArthur calling me and saying "Guys, no, the guy. <laughs> yeah. it. Well, he oh, yeah. just keeps calling all the time yeah, right. anyway. Yeah, right. Hey, can you help me with yeah, this sermon study? With- Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any content.
1: Ooh. So Today we're going to talk about salvation and part of a a, a series of conversations on uh, Christendom. What it means to be a believer, uh, kind of under the under the banner. Help, I think I'm a Christian.
0: Sounds great. Yeah. So, you know,
1: we we started to have this conversation around um, salvation and and how it can I think feel surprising to someone um, when they start having questions about about Christianity when maybe. You know, they've, they've never considered it before. Uh, they, maybe they've thought some of these things were, were foolish and suddenly they feel drawn by them. So, you know, we talked about, well, well, how does someone know what, what that means and, and, and what do I do next? If you're not kind of an outgoing personality who's going to jump up out of your chair and go to someone and say, oh my goodness, I, I think God has done this thing in me. And, and honestly, that kind of language comes later, right? You start to learn to talk like a Christian.
0: Yes. I mean, I don't think it starts right out of the gate, but uh, just uh, talking with a, uh, a friend of mine this morning who's in his 80s and he re- recalls the time when he first believed and he didn't even realize that, you know, the change had happened, but he had no one to guide him through the whole process or or what it all meant uh, at that point in time. So I guess it is kind of important to look at uh, and see what Kind of markers we see, or what kind of uh, evidence we see that the that the change has occurred, and perhaps the best part, to, or the best place to start would be Jesus's words himself in Matt, Mark chapter one, um, Mark chapter one verse fifteen. Right after, well, we can start at verse fourteen. I guess would be the smart thing to do get the context right after the baptism of jesus and it says now after john john the baptist had been taken into custody jesus came into galilee preaching the gospel of god that would be evangelion the good news of god saying the time is fulfilled the kingdom of god is at hand repent and believe in the gospel repent and believe in that good news and that first word there is repent or repentance as it might be. What does that mean? What does that look like? What is it what is it about?
1: Yeah. Um, great point. And I think also even if we had defined the word repentance, I think you would have to say from what?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What are we repenting from? Right. Or of. You know, the word the word, you know, we would we would. Get the essence of the word. The repentance would be the uh, turning away from the 180 degree. I'm going one way now. I'm repenting, so I'm going 180 degrees in the opposite direction from that. Yeah, so, and it's
1: it's 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 funny because you know we've we we mention kind of regularly regularly as we uh, as we go through the scriptures that they are in accommodation, and so um, sometimes it's hard to find one word to land on that explains a spiritual reality that, that, that repentance is, I mean, it encapsulates a lot. And so it, it's kind of hard to talk to exactly what that means by one word. So it's a little easier perhaps to describe what's happening in repentance or what repentance looks like.
0: Well, think about these in, uh, Psalm chapter one, verse, uh, Psalm one, uh, verse one, it says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. So when we look at these, I, 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 these ideas of that repentance is is the turning away from the sin in our lives. Now, that's a loaded word. Wouldn't we say that sin is a loaded word? You know, how would we, how would we define? What is meant biblically by sin in the simplest fashion possible?
1: Jonah 3 8 through 10. Go. But let a man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger that we may not perish. It's that turning. Let everyone turn from his evil way. So, you know, the concept of an about face, right? A, a 180 degree turn where the back is facing the previous reality and the front is in a, a new
0: direction. And those evil ways would be those things that are not of God, those things that are against what he has commanded, correct?
1: hmm. So even maybe before we even go further into what is repentance, maybe there's some value in saying, all right, let's, let's, let's put a, let's put a pin where we are in the concept of repentance. What would I, if repentance is turning away from and turning towards something else, what would make me take that action? What is it that I've seen that would make me want to turn away?
0: Mm. How would you do that? How would you say that? you know, because I'm naturally going to go to the, you know, the biblical definition is that I don't do it myself. You know, that I've been born, as David would say, into iniquity, I've been born into sin, and my natural state is that of a sinner, right, is the one that that turns away from God. So in perhaps different than what you're looking for at the moment, but one which we will have to touch upon is that, that it is God's action within me that sees that all of a sudden I can identify my unrighteousness my sinfulness in my uh guilt before a righteous and a holy god
1: in john let's let's turn john six forty-four. 44. there's some careful language that's really important so john chapter 6 just starting in in verse 41. so the jews grumbled about him because he said i am the bread that came down from heaven they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Now, you're, you're, this word can, um, it's not a word of willingness, right, or or of of personal desire. It's a word of ability. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day as it is written in the prophets and they will be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone who, not that anyone has seen the father, except that he who is from God, he has seen the father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life.
0: Okay, so a clear a fairly clear passage. Uh we go back there to forty-four as you uh, as you as you rightfully uh said about can is about ability, then it shows the father who sent me draws him. That's God's actions, those action verbs that are in there. That is God the Father drawing the the person that at some point in life that uh you have recognition of your difference between God's ways and what you were doing, correct? That God has opened your heart. What is that, Ezekiel 36, uh, 26? Ezekiel 36, 26, where he makes these statements. Unfortunately, I don't have it marked here. Uh, so I can quickly go to, but here it is, 36, 26. Or is it, uh, Did you say 3626? I think so. Yeah. Moreover, I will give you a new heart. Now, again, this is God's work. I will give you a new heart. You won't seek out a new heart. You won't find a new heart. It's that his work, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit, in verse 27, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. So this idea of God's work. So when we see this, and we we don't want to get too lost in the, the weeds of the repentance of the turning away, that it is a recognition of the work that God is doing in my life, that I have a recognition of my sinful behavior my behavior that is against god that my behavior that is hateful of god and his ways those things that all of a sudden i am i have that recognition of the that difference in my life would that be accurate
1: yeah yeah i mean i think it, it's a gift of god to be able to see that your sin is separating you from him um i mean and you know we've got general call and an effective call all over scripture. God generally calls to all of his creation um, and then effectively calls people to salvation.
0: So the person who is sitting there, perhaps uh, in our church service or Sunday, or perhaps they're listening to this podcast at this point in time, and they're wondering to themselves, is this happening to me? I think one can say that you know if you have this all of a sudden you, you for lack of a better term that you have the awareness of who God is and the difference between you and God, right? Number one that that awareness that you are not righteous and he is. That you are not holy and he is. What does holy mean? It means different you know, that, that there is a difference between there, that that is the start of the repentance. I believe that understanding that there are nuances, you know, as the individuals, you know, as the call of the individual from God is is different for all of us, right? But that's, you know, I think that's a, a an overarching, you know, that, the, that you have that recognition that all of a sudden you, you realize that at some point in time, because of the nature of sin, that makes you a uh, guilty before a righteous and a holy God. And that makes you worthy of death and eternal damnation because God is God and we are not.
1: Yeah, like uh, Romans 7, 28 through 30 gives the, the the order of salvation.
0: Yep, please read it.
1: And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And glorified in the past tense. This is a work that has already happened.
0: Yes, absolutely. In
1: in God's view of time. It's not a question of will it be accomplished. It's not a question of will the people that I'm calling to salvation respond. It is a it is a definitive statement. And so I think for folks who might struggle with that concept, I, I, why why would you why why would you not just repent? You, you think you have to struggle with that if you, if you believe um, that any person can come to him um then then in yourself why would you resist it if all of this is true why would you not just repent believe turn to god
0: correct you know why and why and why today and not yesterday and or why not tomorrow you know when it's up to you but somehow it's god working within you that this happened uh i think to uh titus chapter three verses uh starting verse one uh the main, the main, uh, the main passages will be two through five, but starting verse one. Remind them, this is Paul speaking to Titus. Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. For we also, now this is where we start speaking about how we were prior to. God's call for we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy and hateful, uh, hateful, hating one another. Okay, so this is the pre-repentance life. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, in his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not on the basis of deeds which deeds which we have done in righteousness but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the holy spirit you know so we have this picture of what what god has done how he has worked in the life it gives us that what we what the person prior uh prior to uh being called to salvation was like disobedient, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy and hateful, all those things that were against God and his ways. Remember, he calls people to be righteous and to be holy because he himself is holy, to be like him. So that effectual call that comes to the person is that call to turn away from the previous behavior, to be uh to run against the grain of the world, of the world that calls itself to, hey, you just be you, whatever you want to do to be happy, you know, all those sorts of calls, all of a sudden it's running against that. Yeah.
1: You know, the, the, the passage um, in Proverbs that says there is a way that sounds right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Yep. Um, th- yes. That describes the natural choice that we would make even with regard to salvation. Correct. We We would would choose choose against that. Yeah, Yeah. and I think one of the best New Testament pictures of salvation is Jesus' call to Lazarus. There's a dead man, four days dead in a grave, and Jesus says, come forth.
0: Absolutely. His call.
1: That's the picture.
0: Yeah, so we have the repentance, the the call to repent from the way you were. That was... uh, is the term antithetical to God, right? So, a, a, a way it turned against God, the way you were, you were called to repent. And then Jesus, as we read in that Mark passage, said to believe in the good news, and that good news is Jesus Himself. Jesus, who becomes our righteousness, right? Our, uh, our, 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 our sub, uh, penal substitutionary atonement, right, right? That He is the one who. Although we are all worthy of, of death, what is that? Romans six, uh, six twenty three, something like that, yeah. where it says that all uh, all who are, are, are that all who are sin are guilty and worthy uh, guilty of death, or the wages of sin is death, right? So all are there. That's where everybody's at. But Jesus comes. The good news is that the good news is Jesus. The good news is that Jesus on the cross becomes He who had no sin becomes that substitute for us as sin to pay the penalty for that because all sin requires the payment that requires death to pay for it right the, the blood, of blood of sin, sin is death, death right yeah. the blood Without of bulls blood, and goats right yeah. the blood of bulls and goats was never meant in the Old Testament to to cover for sin it was only meant to point for the need of Jesus so Jesus is that one this is the good news listen you can't buy yourself on your own you can't work yourself out of by works you cannot work yourself out of the sin debt that you have built up for yourself.
1: Yeah, and that is and that's the key because I think that both both pre and post salvation you can't work your way out of or into favor in any way. Correct. And I think that's so important, because I think what happens, and, and the reason I think we started by saying, well, repent from what? Is to realize that what you're repenting from is a, a an, an indwelling sin in yourself that chooses for anything but God. Correct. Um, and, and makes evil choices. Yes. And trusting in God both... To provide a way for salvation, trusting in Christ to be the way for salvation, and then trusting in the Holy Spirit to live in you and be your guide and helper.
0: Right. And that part of that repentance is thinking that you yourself are good enough before God.
1: Turning from that.
0: Right. Yes. And and that repent and then realizing that the good news is Jesus, remember John the Baptist called to repent and turn back to God then Jesus comes, right? And Jesus says, "Yes, I am that good news, that one that was prophesied so many times before. I am the good news that is to come, right? That is here now, that will go to the cross to these people, that will that will will be the one that forgives sin." We read about Jesus forgiving, for example, the 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 paralytic that was that was lowered down through the roof, right? That he says, "Son, your sins are forgiven." Right, That is the main problem. It isn't paralysis. The The, the main problem here is that you're going to die and that you're going to stand before the judge to give an accounting for your life. And you're either going to give an accounting uh, for the life that you lived or you're going to be found in the life that Jesus lived. One or the other. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be judged on what he did rather than what I do because my life is full of sin even as a believer. Mm-hmm. Day in and day out.
1: Completely agree. Yeah. You know,
0: uh, you know that's one of the that's one of the one of the problems. And this was a, this is a quote from John MacArthur. He says this. He said, "Every survey that has ever raised the question reveals that most people assume they are good enough to go to heaven, or at least too good for God to send them to hell." And he's right. This is the way most people think. They don't realize that the, that any uh, that a single sin that they have done is enough to send them into eternal damnation.
1: Right, or the, you know, they think, well, I, you know, I'm a pretty good person, and it's the it's the standard of goodness, it's, right? Because we, we look at ourselves, we look across other people, and we think, God, you know, goodness, I I see all these people. Uh, certainly, God will realize that I have fairly good intentions in my heart. And we believe that to right. be true. And maybe up and against, you know, axe murderers and other people, maybe maybe we look like good people, but the standard is not others. The standard is God who is holy. And so he He sends into the world his son to live in all ways, tempted and tried like us, but without sinning, living a perfect life to be the sacrifice. And we're so obtuse and sinful, we still look on that life and think, well, did he really mean there's no way to the Father
0: except through me. Right, and that's why it's the work of God in our lives to realize that that we can look at, we can look at we can look at the Bible and we can see the reflection of the sinner in ourselves and say, "I can't do this." Yeah, I'm, argue
1: argue with me this. Um, Jesus in John 6:44 says, "No one can come to me unless the Father draws them." Correct. Um, the Book of Romans says that none seeks after God, no, not one. Correct. So when someone seeks after God, it is not of their own doing because go back to John 6, they are unable. So that would be the effective call of God. And so that is where I think people at their point of salvation need to understand. You're not repenting from uh, potty words and bad works. You're repenting from a heart who can't discern right from wrong up and against the holy standard of God, you, you look at Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount, and then I think one of the singularly most helpful passages on this, where He says, "If you've hated your brother, fellow fellow human, fellow man, fellow person, hated in your heart, you're already guilty of the sin of murder." And and, and I love that He went there because that's the one that we think we're all going to escape by on, um, right? Is the test of murder, but none of us will. We've always we've all been angry in our hearts, and what that reveals is that God is not concerned with the works per se. What he's allowing you to see is that the motives of your heart would hate towards someone in a way that if you don't just kind of restrain your feelings, your your feeling of hatred is what leads to murder. It's murderous. It's hatred towards creation that bears the image of God, and God in his holiness would never be like that, but you're completely like that. And so the only way for salvation, the only way to have a relationship restored to that creator who who isn't like that would be to come through the sacrifice of Jesus for your sin and be made whole and no longer trust yourself who whose understanding leads only to death, but trust Christ.
0: Right. This, that's the good news. The good news isn't I'm going to be more successful now that I am a Christian. The good news is is that that guilty verdict that I have against me because of my nature has been removed. And it's been found, been washed away by the blood of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 50, the presentation of the gospel, starting in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 1. Now I make known to you, Paul speaking to the church in Corinth, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel, the good news, which I preached to you, which also you received and which also you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. In verse 3, for I delivered you to you as of first importance, which I also received that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. That's what we have with regard to the good news that not only did Jesus take those sins upon ourselves, upon himself, right? The punishment for our sins, right? that we recognize that we are sinful and there's nothing we can do about it to fix that, that we need something from outside of ourselves to do that, and that is Jesus, right? We believe in Jesus, that that was effectual. We believe, because God has allowed us to, that that Jesus' call was effectual, that Jesus' work on the cross was sufficient. We see that it was sufficient because he was raised again And we find in Ephesians that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. The work is completed, right? So we repent and say, yes, God, before a righteous and holy God, I am a sinner. And I can't do anything about it. I need to be saved by your grace. And that grace is found in Christ on the cross and Jesus as both Lord and Savior of our life. Not as an addition to our life, but the Lord solely of our life, in other words, that Jesus did not save us to continue sinning but he saved those who were called so that they would become more and more the image of him
1: yeah i mean it and so to the person who says you know oh, i i think i'm a, i think i believe in this then great repent and believe turn from trusting yourself whose understanding leads to death turn from trusting yourself whose heart would hate their fellow person trust in Christ and and then Jesus becomes not just Savior, but Savior and Lord. And so future forward, Jesus becomes the Lord over your life. He's, he's where your direction comes from. He's who you look to for the example. And, and then your life becomes patterned after someone who seeks God, just like Jesus' life was. Where would they constantly find Jesus in the morning when they would get off in prayer, off seeking God's will, off saying, God, what would you have for me? And then that becomes the life of the believer, not a life that says, oh, let me avoid these four things, but a life that says, I want to, I desire to live for God today because of what's been done for me, and so I'm excited to go after it. And even in those instances when I fail, I'm not relying on my righteousness. I'm relying on the righteousness of Christ. I know I'm being transformed. Day by day, by the renewing, continual renewing of my mind through the Scriptures, and so the way that we live our lives and what we trust now becomes completely different. That's salvation in that salvation. That's life in Christ.
0: Amen. On that, uh, if we end here as we come to the close of this uh, of our, our, our discussion about this, if we turn to Colossians chapter two, starting verse thirteen says these words when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh when your sin made you dead when your unrighteousness made you dead your unholiness made you dead he made you alive together with him It's Jesus having forgiven us all our transgressions and I love these the, the, in verse 14, he having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of the decrees against us. And in fact, all the evidence of our life, of all the sinfulness in our life, which, 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 which condemns us, which was hostile to us. And he, Jesus, has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. This is what Jesus does you know this is where we see the actions of what Christ has done that that all their sins are gone at the cross for his work and now that he sits at the right hand of the father so we repent and we turn away and that repentance is an every day ongoing thing we're repenting from the sin in our lives right we're turning towards Jesus knowing that he is sufficient as we become as we put away the old man and we become the new man in him. Now, as we continue this discussion uh, in uh, later podcasts about what this means ongoing-wise of being a Christian, I I imagine we'll talk about things such as baptism and things like that as we go further on uh, for those who are in our audience. Any closing thoughts?
1: To the person who is considering salvation, it's both... Simple and complex, right? The the what happened to buy it and earn it and how it was laid out across time is is complex and both both complex and available to you in scriptures. Uh, the act is fairly simple. If you see that your sin separates you from God, you see that Christ is that mediator that joins you back to God, and you know that you need to do that. Do that. There's no magic words. It's a confession of a heart before God that says, "God, I'm broken. I'm dead. I'm separated from You, and I want all that healed in this moment in Christ." And you you ask for salvation. That's that's the prayer. Um, and then you, you talk with other believers. You get connected into your your church and and let people know what happens, and they will disciple and walk with you and, and talk to you about your your new life. But it's an exciting moment, and it's that simple. Um, as, as a prayer to God that says, God, I'm a, I'm, I'm sinful and I need you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Be
1: sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any content.